This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Chasing Tales podcast. I am your host, Walt, and I am flying a little solo tonight. Our, my regular co-host, Chase, is up in the New, in the New England area hunting whitetails, sleeping next to bear fur hides, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely do an update on that and let you know how his season is going. But uh, tonight, we're going to be flying a little solo, and I'm going to be talking to a good friend of the podcast, somebody who we've had on many a time, and somebody that if you're big into YouTube – especially like public land YouTube hunts, you probably know who he is, especially if you like Southern content. And that's Parker McDonald of the Southern Ground Outdoor Podcast. Now, if you don't know who he is, Parker is a Texas native who's moved to Alabama and has kind of adopted a water access style of hunting that has made him very successful on some pretty heavily pressured public land that doesn't have a particularly high deer density. So I'm not going to tell too much of his tale, but we're going to be talking about hunting there in Alabama. But he's actually in the state of Florida right now hunting whitetail and having a good time doing it. So we're going to talk a little bit about self-filming from the saddle, the differences between Florida and Alabama, what he what his expectations are, how this quest came to be, and just all things, uh, just kind of a general catch-up session with Parker. So he's a good dude. He's got a good presence on the podcast. So I know he's going to produce an awesome episode. But before we get to that, we have to thank the people who make this show possible. First and foremost, that's Tethered Nation. They are the title sponsor of this podcast. And as well, Parker is affiliated with Tethered as well. They make the Mantis Saddle and the Predator Platform, which are easily the two most important pieces of equipment if you want to get into saddle hunting. Not only because... You kind of have to have both to hunt, but because in my opinion, they are the best saddle hunting product on the market. So give them a, a, a shout, 
That's www.tethernation.com, and uh, give them a look. If you got any questions, hit us up or hit Parker up and uh, ask us what your questions are. We would be glad to answer them. Now, the second partner of the show is you, the listener. Thank you so much, guys, for what you're doing on our Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a monthly subscription service where you can donate monthly to the to the show and you get certain kickbacks like you get a decal which are ordered and on their way or you can get a hat which we've done another hat order as well and it all depends on which tier, the 2, the 5 or the $10 tier that you sign up for. If you're interested in supporting the show, that money goes towards the small operating costs that we have and the expansion into video. Chase and I are starting to film our hunts. Well, I've started to film my hunts. Next year, Chase is probably going to get into filming. And we'd like to do some of these podcasts live and in person. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, if you'd like to get a little swag from us, if you'd like to help uh, fund a camera equipment or some traveling fees and stuff like that, check us out at patreon.com forward slash chasing tales outdoors. I've also made it easy for you. Scroll down in the show notes, tap the link below. It'll take you right there and in addition to also, you know, just saying thank you, sending us, sending you swag, we also post exclusive content, early sneak peeks to our YouTube content. I've got another video that's going to go there, and it's going to be Patreon exclusive, and it highlights the struggle the first part of my season was, and that's going to stay right there for you guys. That's not going to make it to YouTube, so you get first dibs on that, and if that's not enough, we're doing a quarterly giveaway, and we're giving away two Havilon Peranta knives, and I've reviewed one of these personally myself. I cleaned the entire deer that I killed to... Uh, a little over a week ago with one blade off that Havilon Peranta. So I'm going to do a video review, drop that on Patreon, and you'll get to see that too. So check it out, see if it's something you're interested in, and if it is, thank you so much for what you do. We appreciate everything that you do, sharing the podcast, getting the word of mouth out there, and uh, making it to where we can all enjoy the podcast and we can grow uh, as one big Chasing Tales nation. So without further ado, I'm going to call Parker and we're going to get talking. Well, what's up, dude? What's what's going on with you? You you going hunt this evening, or are you done? Man, it's actually dark here right now. That's a good point. Uh, so, <laughs> so you can I go mean, shining. Well, you know, I mean, it's not like it is a good point, except for this is Florida, and uh, <laughs> laws aren't really something that I guess people follow very, very often. Um, I've I've learned that my last two trips to Florida, actually, that. Yeah. Uh, that deer hunters in Florida, not all, but uh, uh, a handful. Enough. Enough. <laughs> yeah. And there are not enough game wardens to, uh, I, I haven't seen a single game warden. There's not enough game really? wardens. Dude, did I tell you about yet, about what happened to me two days ago? No, man. Go ahead. So, um, I'm driving down the road, right? And I'm, I'm going in to actually, I had scouted about three miles that afternoon and uh didn't really find anything that I wanted to hunt necessarily I I kind of put it in my arsenal like I found a few you know tracks and stuff so I'll I might hunt it but I didn't really want to hunt it that evening the wind wasn't great for it and all that stuff so I'm driving in I'm gonna go check out one more area before I decide to hunt and dude as soon as I drove like over the public land boundary onto the public land there's deer in the middle of the road. There's these two deer <laughs> in the middle of the dirt road. And uh, I was, first off, it was like seeing a ghost. I was like, what, what, what is that? Is that a, it's a deer, you know? And I was, there was two yeah. of them standing there and they, they, they looked confused too. They're like, wait a second. 
we're not supposed to be here. And uh, instead of just running across the road, they just like, you know, like a fawn when it's first born and it can't walk. Yeah. That's what yeah. these deer look like. So they were like stumbling around the dirt road and there's, I'm coming towards them. And then there's another truck coming from the other direction. And, uh, and they were, they ended up running off into the woods and I pulled up next to them and got within probably 15 yards and, uh, watched them go into the brush and which I was like, well, crap, there's deer here. That's, that's a plus. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and this guy, this other guy pulls up <laughs> next to me and he says, Hey, what, what was that? And I was like, Oh, it was just does. He's like, well, why didn't you shoot them? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I can't. It's against the law right now. <laughs> he was like, well, they need to be shot. That was his exact words. They need to be shot. And I was like, I mean, I wish I could have, but number one, we're on a road and I'm in a car. Um, number two, does are illegal. Number three, my window doesn't work in this car. So I can't roll down my window <laughs> even if I wanted to shoot them. You can't and, road uh, stroke even if you wanted to. Yeah. So like it, all, all of my, all of my, um, interactions with hunters here have have for the most part been negative like not not negative i mean he was a nice enough guy but it was it, it, it they've all had broken laws in them so even last year i said it on the podcast like the guys that were out there hunting with dogs they all had like bush lights in their hands and <laughs> <laughs> and loaded guns and i'm like that's got to be against the law in florida like surely that's against the law and um i'm pretty sure it is but i don't know man only only if you have one in each hand one hand it's okay i'm pretty sure okay so you can have yeah. one you just can't go over the legal limit yeah <laughs> okay you can't you can't exceed the daily limit for deer per per moment okay is, is how it how it masks yeah all right but if there's more than 10 people in the group you can you can double fist it, right? Yes, yes, okay. but only on only under the pretenses that you're going to shotgun each within the next hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Shotgun a deer or shotgun the beer? <laughs> Your discretion. Okay. All right. No, I mean, dude, it's it's just a. But isn't that how the how the laws kind of feel like in Florida though? Like, isn't it? Yes. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, I hope my hunter orange vest is all right. Like, I hope it has enough <laughs> inches of orange. And then there's old old Bubba down the road chugging back a bush latte. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm sitting here like, well, I guess I shouldn't be so concerned about my inches of blaze orange that I have on, because <laughs> I'm probably the least of their worries right now. I don't know, man. If you're telling me there's dudes with firearms drinking, I think I want as many inches of blaze orange as I can get. <laughs> That's true. I guess I should say I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to uh, like I. I, they don't. Have, I'm not. I don't need to be worried about getting a ticket. Is what I'm saying. Like, right. As long as I'm not drinking and shooting guns up in the air. Yeah. I mean. So. Yeah. I'm not. I like. I'm. I'm the kind of guy while I'm hunting, and I'm not. I'm not always like this. But when I go to a new state, every law is different. You know, every state yeah. has different laws, and and public land is just so hard because there's different regulations for different WMAs and oh yeah and all this stuff in Florida man oh my gosh it could not be more different like every WMA has different regulations and it almost seems like like it's it you're not even hunting the same state they're not even similar right like the rules are all different and so <laughs> it's true 
um, that's really hard to try to figure out. So last year I hunted a completely di- different WMA than I, I am this year. And, uh, that was on a recommendation from my, my buddy, Peter Updike. And I'm glad I did because I'm, you know, I'm seeing deer, but, um, it is so hard to figure out. Like, I don't know if you can hear my little girl. She's, having a, <laughs> she's having to come apart in the other room. <laughs> it happens. Um, but it, it's just so, it's just so weird being in a different state. Like Alabama, WMAs have different regulations, but for the most part, they're going to be similar, you know? Right. But like what me and you were talking about yesterday, the, uh, like even the antler restrictions are different from, I guess, zone to zone, WMA to WMA out here. It's like, but it's not like crazy big antler restrictions, right? So, so the one where I'm hunting at in the Ocala National Forest, um, which is huge, I don't mind saying it over the air because it's a massive place and, Sure. What what's one more person hunting the Ocala National Forest? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's like a freeway going down that dirt road. Um, but like, so the the regulations are it it's buck only, and it has to be ten inch main beam or three points on one side, which is you know it's a pretty small buck. Like it's a year and a half right. old buck. You know, it's not a it's not a big one at all. Like that's a dink. Well, you were telling me. Is that some of the places you hunt? It's five inches main beam, yeah, has, and two points on one side. Yep. Uh, so, like, why not just make not it an you... or, but not an or, but an and. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but but you're talking about like little bitty deer. You know, it's not I like know. it's not like there's a you know it has to have three points on one side, um, type rule like a six point or better type rule. Like you're talking about the difference in five inches and 10 inches is not very big when you, when it, I mean, when it comes to bucks, it's, it's a small deer. That's all it is. Right. And so like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, why even make the rules so different? Like why even confuse people? Just pick one of those and you're going to, it's going to be the same age class deer. Um, but whatever, like, I don't know how somebody judges 10 inches of a, of a main beam. That seems kind of difficult to do. I, I think that's kind of the point, though, at the same time, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I know it's I know it's I know it's it's one of those things where it's like we've done so little here in this state for so long that they're just trying to, like, change the culture a little bit. And you got to remember up until this year, this will be the first time. And, and this is nothing new to my listeners, but your listeners may not know this is uh, this is the first year in Florida's history they've ever had a quota system. Like really, th- there has never been a limit ever on the amount of deer that you could kill. Uh, I mean, there is. I mean, technically speaking, you could only kill two deer a day every day of the season. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so there was technically a limit, but realistically, there was no limit. You know, so it, it's one of those things where it's like you know the culture here, and people were losing their minds. Dude, you should have seen the the Florida hunting groups when these when the five. So they went from two deer a day to five bucks. You can shoot five bucks in this state. Um, you got limited doe days and stuff like that. But, you know, I think that's kind of like the frustration of some hunters around here is how they handle the doe population because, you know, you've been waylaying the buck population for so long that you've got this really out-of-whack buck-to-doe ratio. But, you know, different different yeah. conversation piece. But you've got these guys who are like, well, I'm going to have to get another lease in Georgia or Alabama because I'm going to be tagged out in like a week. And it's like, dude, okay, here's the deal. <laughs> if you're tagged out in a week, 
let, let's say you're being real and honest with everybody. Let's say it's two weeks and you're exaggerating or three weeks. <laughs> you don't need to be killing any more deer than that. Like, realistically, if we're trying to improve the deer quality here, you need to think twice about what you're pulling the trigger on. And I think that's the whole point of the regulations is simply to make people kind of look at something through the scope and go, mm, this is too close. I'm going to let it go or something. Because yeah, I'm not saying Florida's ever going to produce a bunch of giants. In fact, it's never going to be a big buck state. In fact, it's never going to be a sleeper state. Okay. It's never going to get to that level. But if you let deer go here from year one and a half to two, you see a pretty sizable increase. And, and that year and a half age group is kind of what they're targeting. Let that be your, your barometer for the quality of deer in Florida. But that's that the antler restrictions that you see tend to be what your year and a half deer have. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that, and that's what they're just trying to do is get the age population, I think, up to two. And then when more bigger deer are seen, hopefully the deer culture will allow for more restrictive measures. Because realistically, the dew was probably right. They do in some areas need to flip the dough to the, the dough and buck ratio around. Yeah. Because there's way too many does, dude. Yeah. In some areas. Not all yeah. areas. In some areas. So, I mean, you're exactly right. Like, so I've been impressed here. My first day that I went out into the woods, I just I decided for the, like the first two days I was going to spend the majority of time scouting, and you know on a place like this, like it's going to be really hard to just luck into a buck, right? right. Like, right? I, like you can go out to somewhere like Kentucky or even sometimes in Alabama or Tennessee, and or, or Georgia, and you can luck into a buck. Out here, I don't think you're you're just going to get lucky. It's like. Everything is just these wide open pines and I guess they're palmetto flats and like that's the majority of everything. And so like there's probably not just going to be a buck just strolling through there. Like you've got to do some scouting and and find find the find the right areas. You know, if you I mean, and I think that's why guys use dogs, because you can't just go and sit anywhere you want and shoot it and shoot a buck. I, I really don't think you can do that a lot here. And so um so I spent the first couple of days scouting. Well, dude, like as soon as I stepped foot, I parked on a on a power line, like this open power line. So I parked. I'm in my wife's car, so I can't get into some of the areas that I would be able to get to in my vehicle, um, just because the roads are not great for a little bitty car. Right. So I park in this power line and just kind of walk into the woods and start walking the edges. And and when I say edges, I mean like transitions from oaks to pines and just like thickets and stuff like that and probably 20 yards after I walked into the woods I find a rub and I was like well crap this is better than anything I found last year (laughs) and I walk another couple feet and find a scrape I was like well dang this maybe this is a good spot well I, I like I said I ended up covering about six miles that day and in those six miles dude I mean I found countless rubs and scrapes it was like every time i every time i went to a transition area there was a rub and a scrape or a rub line and a scrape line like there was just so much stinking buck sign um i i was really surprised like if i would have found just one of those i would have probably just keyed in on that area but i was finding them everywhere so i'm like well heck i can't how am i supposed to key in on one spot if I've got buck sign everywhere and um and then yesterday I said I I walked around probably three miles or so 
and not yesterday, day before yesterday. And that was my second day, and I actually set up on some really good sign on this trail and saw several does that that day, which was small victory. You know, like right. see, seeing right. a deer from a tree is a small victory for me and uh, in Florida. And so um, I just started keying in on that area, and today I saw six does and a black bear, which – wow was pretty cool you know six does is a good day like anywhere yeah. for me and um it, you know in the southeast for sure and so back to what we were talking about about the doe population being a little bit out of whack i can definitely see that here because i mean it, we're supposed to be in the middle of the rut right now here right. and i saw six does today and not one buck that seems a little bit off Oh, me. it is. It is. And, 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 you know, I've kind of been going back and forth about this today through, you know, through com- communication, but, you know, I, I think it's also indicative of, you know, those does may not be the, the hot ones. You yeah. know, I, I, I think, I think, you know, when you have, and this is just indicative of a, of a messed up boat, a duck, uh, boat, a duck, boat, a buck ratio, <laughs> a boat, a duck ratio. <laughs> it's probably about sound like that dude you were talking to, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> especially after those beers um <laughs> but when you have that you you can't service all the does in that same window that they want to be in so you know those does don't just not come back into heat they cycle back around a few weeks later so what you end up with is this really exaggerated bell curve whereas you know in the midwest it would be a heartbeat of a bell curve and all the rut happens about that same time um that just doesn't happen here dude and the bucks they got it pretty good. They got to service a pretty amount, a large amount of does, and you yeah, know, I think sounds I think like, that's you know part of what you're seeing there. Sounds like they got a good couple of weeks or a couple months. <laughs> yeah, um, I was reading something the other day that was talking about uh, how a deer lives his life, and it's like, so you're telling me that this guy, this buck, spends all summer hanging out with his buddies, and. <laughs> And at one time of the year, he knocks up as many does as he can, gets them all pregnant. They have to raise the kids on their own. He fights his buddies and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes right back to it all summer long, and he just hangs out with his buddies again. He's like, what a man. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like the the uh, the Florida Bucks got it really good because they, they get laid a bunch. And they don't have to fight. Yeah, and they don't, they don't have to fight. <laughs> it's like a bar full of hot women, and it's just you and me. <laughs> you know? It's like an all-girl all college. Yeah, all-girl college, exactly. <laughs> Only guy in all-girl college. Yeah, that's – it's. Uh, oh. but, you know, the crazy thing is, like, I know that there's a lot of bucks in here. And I know that because there's no way that just a little bitty amount of bucks is making all the sign that I'm finding. Like – and, you know, it could be one or two or three bucks in an area making that amount of sign. Sure. But I'd go so far as to say I could walk down any area. in. I mean, because all three of the areas that I've been into so far had a decent amount of buck sign. Like, right. Like the amount of buck sign that I would set up, no questions asked, in Alabama. Um, and I know, it's a, I know it's different here, but I, I just, I wasn't expecting it. So, I think it's a matter of time, man, like... I'm not going to say that I'm I'm not going to say that I'm confident that I'm going to shoot a deer while I'm here. I'm not confident, 
necessarily in that, but dude, my confidence is way up from what it was when I was driving here. Um, well, let, let's kind of unpack that for a second. Why did you, when did you start getting into like Florida hunting and kind of why? Because, um, I, I think <laughs> there's a lot of people if you ask them, Hey, what, what out of state hunt are you most looking forward to? Uh, Florida doesn't ever enter anybody's mind. No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It actually, like, I love to deer hunt just about as much as anybody that I know. And, uh, it never crossed my mind. I've, you know, me and my wife have been married for going on eight years now. And last year was the first year I ever hunted in Florida. It was always just kind of like, well, I'm going to not hunt for the week that we right. come to Florida. Um, and then last year it was just kind of like, well, wait a second. I can hunt in Florida. Why not try? I mean, it's better than right. doing nothing. It's better than just watching YouTube videos all day. Um, and so last year I went out and, and started, you know, I, and I didn't hunt hard last year. I just hunted a few days and kind of just got this like weird, um, infatuation, I guess, maybe with the idea of killing a buck in Florida, killing a legal buck in Florida. Um, I didn't always used to be like this. So when I was, um, be it when I was raised in West Texas, we didn't have a, a large amount of deer in the town that I lived in. We'd have to get on a deer lease several hours away. There were deer around, but it was kind of always one of those things to like complain about. And you hear that in the sure. Southeast people, yep. people complain all the time. You know, our deer, our deer density just isn't that high and blah, 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 blah. I wish I lived in the Midwest. I left, I wish I lived in wherever Iowa or anything like that. And I used to be that way. Um, but this this weird thing happened when I started getting into this public land stuff that I was like, I kind of like this. Like, I like the feeling a whole lot more of killing an animal, killing a buck, a decent buck, on a really hard piece of public land to hunt. I, I like that better than the idea of going to Iowa. You know, I go to Kentucky every year, but um, it, it doesn't even almost compare with what it feels like to shoot one in Alabama because there's a lot of people killing big bucks in Kentucky on public land. Like yep. there's, it, there just is like Adam talk, missed out on like what, six or seven, like Pope and Young's. Who's that? Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, Adam <laughs> just gets covered up in bucks when he's in yep. Kentucky. Yep. Um, but I mean, seriously, like Adam, Adam went out a couple weeks ago during the rut in Kentucky and saw, from what he says, the biggest deer that he's ever seen. And he's got a 156 inch buck on the wall exactly. from Tennessee, you know, I mean, exactly. and he went in there with, you know, a little bit of cyber scouting and, and definitely put in the work for an out of state hunt. But it, you know, it's not like, it's not like he had like a huge advantage on this piece of public land that he was on. It, it's just Kentucky. There's just big bucks there. And, and so I, you know, I kind of have this thing now where I don't really, so much care. I mean, I like to go. I like to go anywhere and see a lot of deer and maybe kill a big buck. I, I'm not saying I don't want to go do that, but just not as much as killing a buck in Florida or Alabama or sure. just one of those one of those type areas. So last year came down, um, hunted a little bit, didn't even see a deer. Struggled to see a, a freaking deer track until the last day, and um, <laughs> and and then it was on. And I think me and you and Greg recorded a podcast at the expo and uh 
we, we were kind of talking about our season goals, and my main goal that I said was if I could kill a buck in Florida, my season would be made. And that's still that still reigns true. I mean, if I killed a buck in Florida, it would it would maybe go down as one of my favorite hunts of my life. Just knowing how hard it is, knowing you know how many people. I mean, talking to you, you know, it you were on like what a three year drought. Yep, three yep. year drought just recently broke that. But yep. I mean, that that just tells you how how it is. You're a guy who lives and breathes deer hunting and you were on a three-year drought so yep. it's tough dude i mean it's it's no joke i mean this state especially where i'm at the deer density is very hit or miss um where you are you've got a slightly better de- deer density than i do but it's still not terrific right. um but i think that the issue here is you, you you're dealing with such a homogenous um habitat right like it's all so similar and i'm curious what your thoughts are on like identifying uh, habitat that you want to hunt here versus in Alabama, because I'm sure in Alabama you can go on Onyx maps and you can see something that you recognize and you're like, that is a transition I've seen before and boom, I'm off to the races here. I found that, you know, Onyx looks great and it's definitely an awesome tool that I use all the time. But a lot of times I'm like, Oh, this will look just like it did elsewhere. And then I get there and it's not even what I thought it was. How, how's that transition been kind of like coming from a different state? Yeah, you're right. So <laughs> I look at Onyx when I'm, you know, scouting from home, you know, scouting Florida and trying to figure it out. And, and you really don't even know what to expect. Like, is that a swamp? Right. Is that, is that pines? Is that those, uh, those big oaks or what is, what am I looking at here? And you really, Florida is one of those states where you just absolutely have to go and see it in person. Like you have to scout sure. it in person. Boots on the ground. Yeah. Boots on the ground. Because if you don't, then, you know, I, I, I do think deer are creatures. I know deer are creatures of edge. So they're, they're going to be on the transition. Um, you know, if you've got a, uh, oh, let's just say a palmetto flat and uh, pines coming together, you know, there's sure. not, there's not a, a lot of good stuff for them to eat, but still, if they're in the area, they're going to be traveling that edge more than likely. So right. you're you're still in an advantage, and th- and that's really what I look for more than anything. Um, if I'm going into somewhere blind, I'm just looking for for hard edges. That no matter what it is, and if I can find somewhere that has multiple, more than just two, um, that are that's coming together, either three or four different types of of vegetation coming together all four of those are going to have some benefit. Like you were talking about the the mulberry bush or the tie ties, I guess is what they call them here. Yeah. Um, everything around here has got like six different names, depending on who you're talking on to, who you're but, talking to. Yeah. So you, you told me that stuff doesn't have any nutritional value at all. It just offers cover. Well, Correct. that offers cover. And then you've got a bunch of oaks that offers a little bit of food. Um, if, if they're dropping acorns and then you've got pines that offers whatever, it offers right. here, um, like in those flats that I was in today, those those does were eating on the branches real hard. Oh yeah, and like one doe, woody browse. Yeah, it. I mean, it was that's what it was. They were just eating that yep. woody browse, and um, so that's not necessarily something I'm looking for in Alabama because they have other stuff. They have green briar and crap like that that they can eat. 
lots of brows. It's not necessarily, you know, right. woody brows like you're finding here. Not that they don't. They do eat that, but it's just not something I'm going to key on there, key in sure. on there. Um, so that's basically all I was looking for in the maps was just those hard edges. And if I can find three or four different types that are coming together, then that's what I'm going to do. And actually, that's where I was at today when I saw those six does and that bear. It was that kind of like three different habitat types coming together and that's where I went. I mean, And I knew there were deer in there because I went in there two days prior and saw deer and um, and I just wanted to push a little bit further. Once I got started looking at the map, I was like, okay, there's three different types. Of, it was like a like really young pines, real thick young pines, and then this tie ties, and then this palmetto pine stuff. I, I don't even know yep. what you would call it. Just I, like, what, what you said to me is like a pine thicket is what I would call it. That's just a... Yeah, so it's it, it it's like very, um, like the there's big tall pine trees in it, but they're like really spread out. And then it's yep. just those palmettos all underneath it. And, and in that there's like these, this like some type of little thicket that will come up, you know, I mean, it just looks like it hadn't been burned in a long time. And so it's like really thick. It looks similar to like something you would see in West Texas, honestly, like really, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a, it's just real bushy, real woody. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where a lot of those deer and when they were in the palmetto flat, stuff pine thicket whatever you call it i'm sure somebody knows exactly what i'm talking about and you'll see it in the videos whenever i publish them but um like they were coming out of that stuff out of the real thick stuff in those flats and then like the trail was right on the edge of that tie ties and the palmetto so there's like a it's a fire break is really what it is between the two right. types and those deer have just I mean, wore out this trail. And so that was my first, you know, that was when I was like, okay, I got to key in on this. There's a lot of deer using this trail. So, um, I mean, it was, it was, it's been pretty crazy, man. Like this morning it was deer after deer after deer, bear, deer, deer, deer. It was crazy. I mean, that's, you know, it sounds like you, you're kind of in a little bit of a honey hole. I, I, I call it, I refer to it a lot of times when I talk to people around here is, is, um, our pockets. It, you're, yeah. you're hunting deer pockets here in Florida. Unlike a lot of places, you're hunting terrain and stuff. You're looking for like a a perfect convergence of something that they like, and it's it's found through just simply putting boots on the ground, like you said. I can't tell you how many places I have found that all look very very similar, but for one reason or another, the deer prefer one of those six pockets. And there are days, dude, that I go out and it's like. Dude, there are there are no tracks here. Go to the next spot, exact same features and everything. But what I'm 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 kind of keying in on it, and I think you're kind of in the same thing. There is, we're having a bad acorn year. I mean, a severely bad hard mast year. I've I found maybe two two um, maybe three oak trees that are dropping that the deer are hitting, and as a result, I've been keying in on these pine flats that are consistently burned. That have got you know uh, black raspberry vine in there, and they've got green briar growing, and, and they got briars of all kinds of stuff growing. And when I got in there, all of a sudden the sign and the scat was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that was the same as last year in this area that I was hunting. I found the same sign, and so that's a year-over-year -year trend 
that uh, favors when there's no hard mast. But, dude, I guarantee you next year, at these swamp bottoms, I have found more white oaks this year than I ever have in my entire life. In fact, in our little Marco group, Jared has made fun of on numerous occasions how hard I have looked for, uh, <laughs> for, for acorns, you know. But I guarantee you if those flats way back in the back have acorns, white oaks or live oaks or any of the white oak variety or even just red oaks back there dropping, dude, you wouldn't find deer on those flats. They'd be back in that swamp bottom. So there's yeah. your added your added complexity of hunting Florida is you have these areas that have oaks, and if they're bearing everything else you've learned, the patterns that you've picked up on, throw them out because until that hard mast is, is expired or soured, you're, you're hunting a totally different uh, ecosystem. And I'm sure that's kind of the case everywhere, but I feel like everywhere else I go, I'm like – that whole that whole oak flat looks like it produces food. Like it just looks like there's a whole lot of stuff in there for them to eat. And here, it just doesn't seem like we have the same um, like plant biodiversity that deer like to thrive on. And I feel like it's harder here than other places. Well, it it absolutely is harder here than other places. And and I, mean, I don't I, say that from like a prideful standpoint. Like I take pride in the fact that it took me, you know, the time that I have to learn what I have, but it's not like a, or my place is better than yours or more difficult or anything like that. I just, it's just observations of having driven through Alabama and, and Georgia, you know? Well, you drove through the wrong part of Alabama to make an observation <laughs> there, but, but I would still, I would still agree with you that it's better than, it's better than here. You know, sure. the, the, our, our public opportunities are probably a lot larger. Um, you know, I mean. Most WMAs in Alabama, there's there's several that are that are quota hunts, but I mean most most of the WMAs in Alabama, all you, it, they'll they'll have gun hunts, gun hunt weekends or whatever, but you can hunt them with a bow whenever you want, like right. And, and so you know, it, let's say you're in Birmingham, and uh, you know you got family in Birmingham, you're going there over over Thanksgiving break. And you want to hunt? Well, you've got you've got options. You know, here I am kind of limited because the zones are crazy. I'm in right here. I'm in Claremont. That's where my in-laws live. Claremont, which is right outside of Orlando. You mm-hmm. would you would think there would be a lot of opportunities to hunt in or around Orlando. There's not like right. I- unless unless you draw a quota. And and I know that that's relatively easy here to do. But, you know, for an out-of-state guy, um, I'm not putting in for quotas, you know. Like, uh, it's sure. just I don't know about a lot of them or whatever. It's something that I will probably venture into at some point in trying to draw quota hunts, you know. I'm sure there's not a lot of non-residents putting in for Florida, so. <laughs> no, no, um, there's not a, hu- a whole lot of interest there. <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, even, even, your, even your tags are like $46 for a 10-day tag. Yeah, for a non-resident, I mean that's just I know it's a hundred and fifty for a for a season a season license, and and I could I could technically, if I would have bought a season license or a year license last Christmas, then I would still be able to hunt on it right now, yeah, because it doesn't expire for a year. It's like a calendar year. Yep. So I could I could hunt both years for a hundred and fifty one dollars. It's kind of absurd, isn't it? I mean, it like, is. It and is. here's the here's the the crazy part, and this is the part that keeps me going. Is one, I mean, okay, I'm just gonna 
make the obvious point here. I don't really care how big the buck is, right? Sure. If it's legal, I haven't killed enough deer in my life to where I've started to care. I'm sure I'll make that cycle at some point. Maybe, I don't know, I'm told I will. We'll see. However, I what it. I can tell you, huh? I have it. <laughs> I haven't made you it. You haven't? No. No, I no. know. We've seen your videos. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I killed three points in Kentucky, so yeah. That. I mean, I yeah. So, But the cool thing is, if you work hard here and you put in the time, Dude, there are some nice quality bucks here. A buddy of mine sent me a photo just west of here, and it's got two really solid eight points. I, did I send you that photo? I don't think so. I, I will rectify that situation, but it, like you would shoot either of these in a heartbeat. Like in Alabama, you would shoot these deer. Oh, yeah. You, you have to work for them. I mean, he, he put in countless hours this, this, this summer scouting, but I mean, if you work hard, there's the chance of a pretty decent reward here. It's just, you know, when you only come down for a week like you do at a time, it's going to take, you know, some effort, some doing. Right, exactly. And and what it, I say this a lot, what it comes down to is learning to be a student of deer, right? You have to, right. you have to, because like deer, deer are deer and they're going to do different things, you know, depending on the, the, where you're at on the map, but they're still a deer. Um, one thing I can tell you is true. 100% of the time in every state I've ever hunted is that deer are creatures of edge. They just are. Yep. Um, another thing is that deer tend to travel close to water. Um, they use water. Water makes a, makes really good pinch points, um, especially in areas that don't have a lot of terrain. Um, you can use water as really good pinch points, swamps, right. you know, right. stuff like that. So being a student of that kind of stuff, and studying even wherever you're at. If you live in Iowa and you have family in Florida and you have to spend a week of deer season in in Florida and you want to hunt, like study, learn what deer are doing in Iowa, and they're gonna it, you're gonna have to adapt a little bit, but it's gonna be similar in Florida, like because there's still a deer. That's just right. It's just true. Um, now, here's here's the thing where I think people tend to get caught up on is that and I hear it a lot when people are talking about like Dan Infault beast tactics um buck bedding and all this stuff oh that just that just don't work for the southeast no it it definitely 100% works for the southeast you just have to adapt to it like right it's it's not it's not an overnight success thing like this isn't like a it's not going to fix everything you still got to be a good hunter Um, like just be a student, be a student of it. Every time you see a deer, mark it on your map and then go to your map when you have free time and try to break down why was that deer there. If you're driving down the road at night and a deer crosses in front of you, there's a reason why the deer is there. Figure it out. Like, right. Get out and market, get out and scout it the next day when you have daylight, figure out why there's deer in that area. And I think that that for me has made me a better a better hunter and I can go into some areas blind most of my success is from going in blind to areas um man I mean golly maybe maybe 60 to 70 percent of the bucks that I kill are on first time sits first time in in an area not even scouting it um and a lot of that is because I can look at those areas not because I'm good but because I studied a lot and I've tried to figure it out a lot, 
and I put a bunch of pieces together to where I can say, okay, well, it worked for this buck over here. This right, looks right, this looks right. similar, you know. Oh, um, yeah. So so that's kind of where I'm at, you know, with Florida. Like, dude, I used to, and I still tell my wife this. She she'll say something like, "Do you think we'll ever move to Florida? You ever think I'll get to live in Florida again?" She was raised here, and this is her home. And uh, and I'm for a long time I've been like, "No, baby." I'm never going to live in Florida because it has nothing that I like to do. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, I, I have no desire to live in Florida. And really, I, I, if I'm being honest with you, I don't have any desire to live in Florida. But there is one little part of me. There's like a little sliver of me that's like, man, I would kind of like to live in Florida because I really want to do this thing here. Like, I I don't mind that grind. Like, when I see somebody that's like, Look at my, you know, whatever, uh, Ohio public land buck. And I'm like, right. That's that's freaking cool. (laughs) All I have to do is scroll five more posts and see somebody else who killed a giant in Ohio. Right. (laughs) But whenever I see somebody that's like shot this little, you know, shot this hundred inch eight point in Florida, I'm like, you want to be on a podcast? (laughs) You know, like those those are the people that I want to talk to because I, because he put a whole lot into shooting that. I know that. 100 inch eight point in Florida. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, so, I mean, that's, that's how, that's how you and I inevitably linked up and had some common ground was Dan Johnson was like, you know, anybody have a story? I'm like, I killed this nice buck in Florida. And the dude like reached out like five minutes later and was like, when can you record? <laughs> you know, cause it's just so different. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Dan, so Dan, Dan's a good example. So Dan's in, in Iowa. Right. And the, here's yep. one of the things I appreciate about Dan is that like, when I kill a buck, you know, that buck I killed the other day, uh, a couple weeks, months beautiful, ago. Beautiful, whatever. deer. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was my biggest public land deer and my biggest buck with a bow ever. Um, Dan called me, like, right after right after I found him, right after I found the deer. Um, he said, have you, have, you, have you found him yet or something? And I sent him a picture and he called me. He's like, dude, did you just kill the biggest deer in Alabama? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, but he was jacked. But the thing is, is Dan, that, that deer wouldn't even be on Dan's radar, you know? Right. I mean, right. 120 inch, you know, buck is an awesome buck here, but he wouldn't even be on Dan's radar there in right. Iowa. But Dan lived here. He lived like 20 minutes down the road from me, from where I live and, uh, in Hartzell for a long time. And he, he told me he lived he lived here for like two years or something and saw one deer while he lived here not hunting like on the road he saw one deer wow. so he, he can not hear but in alabama he, yeah yeah sure sure so he he can appreciate you know how tough it is to hunt here and yeah you know like I, i'm not saying i have anything against the guys in ohio or where wherever any of those northern or midwest states that have lots of big deer I don't have anything against those guys. Like, make the most with what you got. If I would have been born in Ohio, great. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> awesome. But if you're here in Florida or if you live in Alabama or Mississippi or, you know, Tennessee, don't, like, instead of complaining about what you've got, like, find the good in it. Right. 
That's what I had to do, man. I, and I know you do it too. Like, I don't know how you went. How did it feel, Walt? Like, you you killed that doe, what, a week ago? A week and a yep. half ago? Yep. You, just, you, put, just put the last quarter in the cooler. Yeah. So, you killed that deer after a three-year drought, got it on film, and watched her die. Like, watched her fall. What what did that feel like? Um it was a it was a really odd cocktail of emotion. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that it was any one thing. I mean, like there was relief, there was the way the hunt unfolded. I never it was an observation hunt. I wasn't expecting to kill something. I wasn't really like I I kind of thought I'd see something, but I thought it'd be off and off in the distance or something. You know, I didn't really think I'd get a shot. So so, I mean, but really, after a three, when you're in the middle of a three-year drought, do you ever go out and think, I'm going to kill something? Today's the day. I'm going to kill one. You know, here's the thing. <laughs> if you ask my wife, every one of those days, that I, every time I go to the woods, I say that. Every time I go to the and and I'm optimistic. I'm like a glass half full kind of guy. And I think that's maybe why I was able to cope, because I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wasn't hard. In fact, this season... Uh, the the two weekends before that, uh, before I killed that doe, I overslept and I got out of the. I didn't get to the woods till late, and I like it was starting to be kind of debilitating because I had spent all off season studying this other piece of public, um, and it went to crap real quick because hunter pressure exploded on this piece of public, unlike what it was like the year before, and um, it just it was it was miserable, and it was like this like serious nut punch, dude. I mean. <laughs> here here you are i ended last year by seeing what would have been absolutely my biggest deer to date that was the very final hunt of the season didn't get oh. a shot and i'm like riding a high i'm like dude you finally you're putting the pieces together you, you put your time in scout all off season get your butt out there run trail cameras do your thing and i did all those things and here it is finally the season i had to watch you shoot like 19 deer before my season opened <laughs> In late October, because I, because of the the rules here, so like all these people are dropping deer, and I'm like, dude, this is it. This is gonna be the year. And I just like right to the gonads, dude. I just take a nut punch, and it's like, I I honestly struggled to get out of bed. And in fact, at one point, if I'm being completely transparent, my wife is like, listen, you need to go hunt this afternoon. You haven't hunted. You've skipped like three hunts now, and you're just gonna hate yourself more if you continue to skip these hunts. And she was right. She was totally right. It was like this vicious spiral where was I, this, I skipped a hunt. Was this where, where, in our Marco Polo group, was this where you were like, well, boy's not hunting today. I'm going to go check a trail camera or something. Like, yes. Why? It was those days. Like, yeah. Go hunt. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was totally those days. And I was trying to like. <laughs> the so wind's like, I swirling get that, today. I'm not going to The wind's hunt. swirling. It shouldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for those easy outs. And then, you know, I'd sit there for a minute. And be like, dude, you're wasting an opportunity. You've waited all year long. You're wasting an opportunity. Go be productive. So I'd go pull cameras. And that was like my way of trying to redeem the lost momentum. And I'd go and I'd scout this bottom. And um, so I, I set up on this pine flat, which had the only sign I've seen all year. Chase is urging me. You guys were urging me to, to go hunt this area. And out pops this doe. And I'm thinking, sweet, victory. Like, right, optimist. Here I am. I seen a deer. In daylight hours, I had like an hour till dark still, and I'm getting this awesome B-roll, what I think is just going to, well, not really B-roll, but this awesome footage of what's going to be a deer walking at like 70 yards, and this joker was like on a string coming to me the whole time, and when I shot her, 
broadside at 15 yards. I saw her in the distance, like maybe close to 100 away. When I shot her broadside at 15 underneath my stand, the initial reaction was utter disbelief that, that gave way to happiness and, and, and appreciation for all the hard work. But I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of felt let down a little bit because like that challenge I had been grinding against, I had notched it. You know, I did it. I, I did the thing. I put, I, I went yeah. to, you know, I, it was a struggle. That was my story. That was what people knew me in the podcast from. It was this, this <laughs> awesome struggle. Right. And, and it, it kind of, it sounds weird, right. To say that you feel like you lost something when you achieve something, but it was like, okay, it's over. This chronicle is over. This long story is finally come to its end. And now the expectation has to change again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad to, to get that monkey off my back because I felt like, I was a better hunter than my record recently had shown. I mean, your listeners don't know this, I don't think, but um, I moved I pretty much. To, I pretty much talked crap about you the whole time. I figured you do. So I figured they, you do. I tuned out about two years ago. They actually... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even around two years ago. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. But, I mean, I, yeah, I mean... I. I move here in 15, I get permission to hunt public in, in 16, I kill my biggest deer, in 15 rather, I kill my biggest deer in 15, I wound a really big deer in 16, 17 I get my ma- my master's degree, 18 we're building a house, 19, or no, yeah, 18 we're building a house, and then we dodge a category 5 hurricane which throttled all of our public land and shut it down for months. Um, so it's just been like one hurdle after another and it was kind of nice just to have the the whole thing reset. So, you know, I still expect, and I still feel like you asked me, do you ever feel like I'm going to go out and do it? I kind of feel like the next time I go in the woods, I'm probably going to kill another deer. I just, that's just kind of the expectation (laughs) I have for myself. I'm probably going to, I'm just probably going to do it. Just go ahead. Yeah. uh, You were just, you were just trying to build like a reputation. You know, that's all it was. Well, you know, there's a lot of Southern podcasts out there. We're trying to be the A plus one. And when, when your co-host is, is, is dude, my co-host has killed 330 inches That's on, across three deer. He's only killed three deer and he's got 333 inches of antler already at the taxidermist right now. And I'm sitting here struggling to, <laughs> to, to, to drop a doe. So I, I felt the need to uh, pull my own weight. Yeah. I mean, sure. You, you've got to every once in a while. And, yeah. um, you know, man, like there's a, there's this thing that comes with being a podcast host. Like I, I follow a lot of guys who are podcast hosts and I definitely, definitely don't want anybody to think that like, that I'm talking bad about podcast hosts cause I'm not. Um, but a lot of it seems like a lot of guys who do are like podcast hosts are not like they're talking to good hunters, right? Sure. Sure. They're, they're, That's they're, me. They're talking to guys who are good hunters. Um, there's an interesting thing though that comes with being a podcast host, where you feel like you you are uh, you you do have a group of people that are following you, um, you know, who want you to succeed and they want you to do good. So you do feel that pressure um, to be to be awesome, or at least act like you had a lot of encounters with deer. Um, you know, and then you start putting a video camera in your hand and it's like, sure, there's just a lot of pressure that comes with it. And so I totally understand where you're at. Like it's, it's really a hard thing 
to do because you know every week you're gonna have to talk about what happened that week. Why? Yeah. Why, why didn't you kill a deer? Or tell us a story about the deer you did kill. You know. Well, you know, you know, the interesting thing about that is, I never really felt that pressure because, and I think this is something that. I don't know if this is a PSA. I don't know if this is a word of encouragement to people, but I, I've never betrayed who I was. And I was always very open with the struggles that I had. And I, and I was always very honest with people about that. And my, my biggest fear wasn't that people would would think like, oh, you never kill anything. My biggest fear was that people would think that I was trying to be something I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when I killed that deer, you know, people, somebody asked me, he's like, hey, did you feel all this pressure when Chase started killing big deer? I mean, there was... There was always this this thought, like, I sure hope people don't forget about me. But it was also one of those things, like, again, I never really just, like, th- that's never been my story. So if you if you were, if you didn't remember who I was, you weren't really a follower of the podcast, you know? Sure. And I'm pretty sure I was the one who asked you that. I think you were, actually. Because I, I couldn't remember. I, was, I mean, I was judging you. I'd forgotten about you. Right, and it's and like, I mean, my wife had too. Um, Chase, Chase, and Chase and his co-host <laughs> Walter. <laughs> yeah. Well, he puts the chase and chasing tails outdoors. Um, exactly. <laughs> but you know, the cool thing was, and it was it was the most gratifying experience I've ever had. Is I have had an outpouring of direct messages on Facebook and Instagram, and comments from people all saying. Hey, dude, been following along since the beginning. I'm so happy for you. And I've also had a lot of people send me messages and be like, dude, I'm hunting a similar area and I am struggling. How do you stay motivated? And I just, I am so thrilled to have been able to capture this and my struggle on the airwaves. And in that case, on a freaking video and be able to share that with people because what's more real? Is it, is it the dude that walks out there and trips into a 150 or is it the dude that grinds it out and has maybe a more humbled uh, success? I think probably what I encountered, not that I'm great or fantastic because it took me three years to kill a doe, but I think it's maybe a little more relatable to people, and I think it encouraged a lot of folks. And if you're one of them, man, I'm happy to have, have you know brought you along on that journey. But, you know, it's it's just been so, so cool to see the reaction. Well, it, it, it was for me, like... I know you were talking to listeners, but for me, it was encouraging to watch and to be a part of it. And, and, you know, um, you know, Marco Polo went back and forth with you and Adam and, uh, Jared and Grant and like just talking about your setups and, and, you know, hearing a backstory and, um, kind of knowing the whole situation going into that and, and your feelings, you know, how you were feeling about those spots and struggling really hard you know, with hunter pressure and things like that. And then you go out and you kill one and you break the drought. And, you know, those are the, those are the stories that I think about whenever I'm going through like a tough part of the season or, or something like that, you know, like everything, everything changes in a heartbeat, like in an instant, your season goes from nothing to freaking incredible. Like that's, that's exactly what happened to me, you know? And, and when, but when you see it happen to somebody else, and and here's the other thing too, and kind of what I was getting at when I was talking about pressure and things like that from, you know, having a having a following and a group of people that are are looking to you and and honestly, like a lot of them want you to be like the answer to their, all their problems, like they want you to have all of the answers. And what's been really encouraging to see is you on a three year drought. And you kill your deer and still people 
think you have all the answers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. people, people like I, I call you or talk to you. I ask your opinion, you know, I haven't sure. had a three year drought, but I ask your opinion on, on spots. Cause I think you know what you're talking about. And, um, like, I think that's been really cool to watch though, is like you, we, most of the pressure that we feel is ourselves self-imposed a hundred percent yeah it's just it's just us like like if i'm honest with you like i feel like i have pressure to shoot a deer in florida because i want to so so stinking bad right but i but i killed a good buck in alabama with my bow on public land on a blind sit like i see that's awesome like nobody like and i'm not saying that i'm really really not saying that to toot my horn but nobody's gonna look at my season at this point and be like man that guy sucks (laughs) you know like it's been yeah. a great, it's already been a good season. Like, <laughs> so I think a lot of guys could do that. Like, look at your successes. For me, my, my victory here in Florida was that I saw deer. Like, I've yeah. still got, I've only got two sits in, and I've still got all the rest of this week to make something happen. But at the end of the day, yep. I saw deer, and that was, that was all I wanted this year. So, like, look at the, like you said, look at the jar or the cup half, half full, not half empty. Yep. And like, that's, that's just, that's the best way to look at it. And here's the, here's the thing that I know too, is that positivity, um, makes things, it, it does make things happen. Like it sounds crazy, but when you're confident and when you're positive, man, it's so much more fun to be a deer hunter. (laughs) Oh, oh, it is. It is. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, I, I I don't very oftentimes give people advice. I, 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 Refrain from doing so because I feel like if you're going to give advice, you ought to really have like a a, a serious repertoire of, of of showing you have good advice to offer. But I think this transcends any body of evidence. If you are listening to this and you're like, dude, okay, if he could struggle or if Parker struggles or okay, now that I know that other people struggle, I wonder what their key to success is. Don't let anybody but yourself define what your outcome should be for a good hunt. I mean, seriously, if you hunt in Florida, quit look. don't look for a 120. Don't look for an 80-inch buck. Survey your property and figure out what's obtainable for you and, and, and set small goals. Like today, I just want to see a deer. I'm going to set up in a spot. That's what I did. I set up in a spot where I could see a deer, and that's how I pursued those deer. And a lot of times, uh, matter of fact, the episode before, the, the, the one where I shot my doe, I got a bobcat at 12 freaking feet to my right, and I'm on the ground. That joker didn't even see me. That's a win. Whether yeah. I killed a deer or not, another predator walked past me and never knew I was there. She was good as dead. It wasn't bobcat season for people who were wondering if I shot it. I didn't shoot it. But, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it, it's 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 one of those things where you've got to find those small victories and celebrate them and use those to energize you moving forward. And I, And I can't stress enough, don't let anybody but yourself dictate what a good hunt is to you. Oh yeah, dude. Like it, man, there's been times in my life where a good hunt was seeing a deer. Like right. A good right. Hunt, dude, honestly, it, just the other day, right? Right. Like last year here in Florida, a good hunt was I found a deer track. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like I think I may yeah. have texted you or called you that day you when I was like, dude, I found a deer track, a real deer track. And it like Yeah. <laughs> it lit me up, dude. I was so excited. And now, you know, I, I, I saw a deer. I saw, man, I've seen several deer. So, like, yeah. and I came home just as excited 
as I would be if I shot a doe in Alabama. You know, like that's the comparable. Yeah. That's what it's like. I have video footage today of mm-hmm. six does that I got on video today that I can put in a video. Like, that's freaking awesome. That's as good as shooting them. And they still get Absolutely. to live. They Absolutely. Sti- <laughs> they still get to live. That's, yep. uh, you know, uh, that's just that's just kind of how I feel. And th- and you really, as a Florida sportsman, as a Florida deer hunter, man, I don't, I don't know how anybody in Florida puts pressure on themselves. Like, you just can't. You can't do it. No. No, it's self-imposed if it's there. And that's why I was trying to set people straight is because you don't have a whole variety. One of the reasons why um, I'm chronicling, chronicling my season on video isn't because it's particularly exciting, but because I want there to be relatable content. And if you're a Florida hunter, there's not a whole lot of, like, in general, Southern hunters don't have a whole lot of content. But Florida specifically, there's not a whole lot here to relate to or see that other people are struggling. But if if you've got, if you feel pressure, that's on you, dude. And you need to get right with yourself because yeah. realistically, you got to you gotta take this thing uh, with a smile. You, you, you got to have fun. You, you, and, and, and more importantly, you got to like take small steps. Small steps yeah. taken in a consistent direction lead to your goals and your dreams and your aspirations. And I mean, this is no different than any other goal or dream. I mean, maybe you're going to win the lottery one day, but you worked your way up at work. You worked your, you know, you saved up money to where you could buy a house. Everything in your life took work, and 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 hunting around here, it's the same thing, man. You you hit the nail on the head when you said you need to catalog as many different like inputs. I think of them as data points because I'm an accountant. But for me, it's like all these different scenarios, all these different places that I traverse. I'm just constantly taking in: is it a browse line right here? Are they hitting these vines? What's the scat look like? How old is it? It's all one big puzzle piece. It is. It is, yeah. and when you put it together, man, I can't wait, dude. I can. One of these days, I'm going to kill a deer in Florida, like, and it's going to be. I think on. you're going to kill one this week. Personally, I'm going to put it out on the record. I called part. I called Adam earlier. Adam Cruz is the Adam we keep referencing, and I told him, I said, dude, I'm going to be so pissed off if Parker comes down here for a week and kills a deer, and I've been trying to get him for for <laughs> for, for, for several years now. And he laughed. He goes, you know, it's going to happen. I was like, I know, and it couldn't happen to a better dude. But I was like, I'm just I'm just complaining to you right now. This Joker comes down here and in a week kills kills a buck. I'm going to be I'm going to be ticked. And he laughed. He's like, no, you're not. And it's true, I'm not. But no, we'll have to if it happens. And you know, we're talking about being confident and being positive. When it happens, we're going to have to record this podcast again so like next week's episode of southern ground (laughs) and chasing tales is going to be florida part two (laughs) that's it that's it (laughs) so well i'll tell you what man let's why don't we put a pin in this i I think it's about time for us both to go get dinner and i'm sure our families are looking for us so oh man actually my little girl henley can you say hi say hi (laughs) <laughs> she's been sitting she came in here in the room and actually really quietly sat down in my lap and just been laying down here in, in daddy's lap Aww. for about the past 30 minutes <laughs> so we'll reward that patience with some attention then. oh yeah she's gonna need some you want some candy <laughs> mommy says she's gonna give you some candy oh my <laughs> so all right guys well, well listen if you enjoyed this be sure and subscribe to both podcasts because, uh, in my opinion, it's the two best Southern podcasts uh, in all the land. Can I say that? Am I allowed oh, to say that on your feed? Yeah. I mean, you can say whatever you want. 
You can it's say my... whatever you want, dude. <laughs> oh, man, he's never going to have me back on for a joint when he's going to be fielding questions. Why does – no, I'm just kidding. But No, I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest, dude. Like, you you 100% well, let me see. Chasing <laughs> be tail, careful. Chasing tails has got more inches of antler on the ground. That's true. Than – any hunting podcast that I know of, period, except for the hunting public. How about, we we could go a step a step further, maybe as well, and say that we've got more tags punched in Florida than most people have punched in their home state. Let's see. How many you got punched in, in Alabama? I, I've got two punched in Alabama. That's true. That's true. But one of those is yeah. an absolute freak. So I would trade. Yeah. I would trade mine for that freak. You would you would trade <laughs> I, you would trade chases for for mine. Yeah, <laughs> I would trade trade chases buck to get to kill that. Um, oh man! No, dude. Right, I, I think you. I think you've got it. Like I, other than the hunting public who hunts full time, so you can't really well, compare compare those guys. But I mean, that's pretty <laughs> impressive, man. Like well, y'all are y'all are on the up and up. Yeah, is that it? We're on the up and up. You're on the yeah. up and up. I I see yeah. big things coming for chasing tails in oh, uh, in man. 2025. Whenever I you like finally catch words. up with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. This has been a blast. Be good. All right, you too, man. See ya. All right, bye. Through the Blackwater Bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp. Alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. In wild country... Rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.